Hey everyone, today we're reading Daniel chapter 5. It's one of the very famous passages in the Bible because we all learn about Daniel growing up. Some you did. <laughs> I learned about Buddhist chants, which none of which I can remember because we're not supposed to. Uh, but one of the things that you will see that you remember uh, maybe in this, there are a lot of uh, phrases that we still use in our modern language uh, today. And I think it's really fun sometimes to see that on a side note, like verse six, uh, the knees knocking together. Uh, later, you have been weighed and found wanting. Mm -hmm. uh, that, the Bible has greatly influenced in our literature. Like, you know, period piece uh, dramas and knights and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we hear, we see, basically in Babylon, in the place of captivity, when they're really, you know, other than Ezekiel's prophecy, there's not a, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of evidence that they're going to ever go back, that they're ever going to be the kingdom that they were before. Mm -hmm. And yet God is going to come and basically do these crazy miracles. Which we, he predicted. Which he predicted. And, our, I, and our... I want you to also think maybe historically, right, that, you know, a lot of the great miracles that we even teach our kids about in, in Sunday school, the fiery furnace, Daniel the lion's dead, here the right on the, wall, on the wall, these crazy miracles, mm -hmm. they're happening in the most hopeless of places. It's that, true. You know, pretty much from like Moses, like yeah. through David and through the kings, God never does well, anything. Well, he does in the wilderness. He does a lot. The he manna. The so it's basically, yeah, in the wilderness and the times when they're not in the promised land is actually when God does the most miracles. Right. Egypt, wilderness, and here in Babylon. Which is always a good reminder for those of you who are like, man, I would believe if God showed me miracles. And God's like, do you really want me to? <laughs> Because I will, but I don't know if you want me to. Because there's a certain context for those miracles. Yeah, we're in the in the hopeless times, and so uh, here we see King Belshazzar. Um, we're not sure if he's exactly the son of the Nebuchadnezzar, or if Nebuchadnezzar's a title. But in any case, right, it could he, be a title like Pharaux or Caesar. Xerxes will be a title like. So that. anyway, so there, but there is a king, the king of uh, Babylon, and he's uh, eating and drinking from these vessels from the temple right we saw that you know a few uh, days ago that they took and looted all of these treasures from the temple and they're literally drinking out of these cups and eating off these holy things and worshiping other gods so you can just imagine just god pissed yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's definitely a uh, you know like this is man saying he's better than god like taking the holy things of god and saying it's mine and i can do what i want with it um, but then, you know, God seeing this sends this hand to write on the wall these strange Hebrew words that they could not uh -huh. understand. Or we're not even sure if they are Hebrew. That's true. Um, and I think it's really important that that is the picture that he gives, uh, a hand. Um, it's the, what is the, the economics term? The, the, hand, invis invisible, the, invisible, the invisible hand. hand right? This yeah. is the true invisible hand. Uh, and one of the things that you realize why Belshazzar is alarmed, um, because if there is a hand... There's, There's someone, a body, yes, right? Like, connected you know, and he's freaking out because he's like, whatever this is, right? Whatever God this is, right? Like, is in my room, mm -hmm. um, and his hand is more powerful than everything. anything. Yeah, literally writing on a wall. So then, finally, they find this guy named <coughs> Daniel uh, to interpret the dream, and this is a very uh, we've seen this before, right, guys? Where a man in captivity is brought out to interpret right in Joseph's life. And here mm -hmm. again, we see in this time of probably where Daniel's like, my life sucks, <laughs> right. right? Like you see him being called into, um, into speaking the truth of God. And I think it's important to recognize that why he is called is because he has been 
true to God and he has been sharing um, the th and even though they don't understand it because they call it interpreting dreams, explaining riddles and solving problems, basically Daniel is living out his faith on a day-to-day -day basis and they're recognizing this now, many years <laughs> later, right? Just like with Joseph and like many of you will probably experience as well. Right. And so he, and then he speaks the truth to them, right? Like, Hey, you are, uh, you are being judged kind of because you're father or, you know, previous little Nebuchadnezzar, he respected God, but you didn't. And, um, uh, and it, we kind of have a reference again to breath guys. If you look in uh, verse 23 in, but the God in whose hand is your breath and whose all, all your ways you have not honored. And so then he interprets these words, mene, mene, tekel, parson, which basically is saying that your days are numbered. You are found wanting and you will be conquered. And I want you to think about how weird this is because that's bad news, right? Like <laughs> totally. that's totally bad news. And yet um, Belshazzar's response is to in fact give him the very things that Daniel said he didn't want. And that's an important note too, right? Like why does he not want to take the gifts before he gives the prophecy? Very similar to Simon the Sorcerer in Acts, right? The spirit of God is not for sale. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, right, like Belshazzar even hearing this understands that it is true. Yes, um, he And does. I think that that is truth. something that I know for many of you are afraid of, you know, speaking the truth in whatever situations you're in, especially when that means rebuking people, uh, mm -hmm. hopefully lovingly rebuking them, right? Or telling them God's word. Or even rebuking yourself. But to understand that, you know, and this is speaking as someone that was not a Christian before, that truth is true. And a lot of times, you know, when we hear truth for the first time, uh, we will respond even if that truth is bad news. And I think that there is hope there. Um, that is the hope for Belshazzar before he is killed that very night, yeah. um, which I think, you know, you never know, right? Like, was the reason he was killed because of this prophecy or what's God trying to give him this prophecy the night before he was killed to give him that opportunity? We don't know. We don't know. Um, I can't say one way or the other, but I think it's something that's great to ponder about. Mm -hmm. um, and then Darius the Mede, right, as we saw yesterday. Um, In Isaiah 13. He receives the kingdom, and now Persia is about to take center stage. And uh, Persia is where we see, like, Daniel in the lion's den. So just for your benefit to know kind of where that falls. So one more day, guys. I'm so excited. <laughs>